Welcome to Werewolf the Podcast, a retrospective podcast about Werewolf the Apocalypse. Hi there, I'm Josh Heath, one of your hosts for Werewolf the Podcast. Uh, as you know, I'm the Chief Operations Officer of High Level Games. Today, we're going to be Galliard ranting about uh, Worm Taint. We were scheduled to review a book that actually was a book that we had already reviewed, so we're not going to force you to listen to our discussion about that book again. But today I am joined by my co-host... Howdy folks, I'm Becca. I'm definitely one of your co-hosts here at Werewolf the Podcast, and a member of the Cold Brew crew over at Twin Cities by Night, another awesome World of Darkness podcast for people who like to listen to actual plays. Fantastic. And they do, uh, you guys do run wonderful actual plays over there. I recently finished up the demon game, or at least the, the parts of the demon game that are out for people to listen to. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's cool, because that's the first long-term game that I'm actually a part of right now, and we're on a little bit of a hiatus while we're kind of letting other games finish, and it's frustrating, because I got really invested, and now it's having to wait a long time to get there. (laughs) Yeah, that's always frustrating. Are you you potentially planning on running a Werewolf the Apocalypse game for the, uh, the Cold Brew crew? That is the plan. I'm hoping maybe this fall, but that depends on when my personal games end, since I've, I realize I can only play one game at a time or run one at a time. That totally makes sense. All right, so today we are going to be talking about Worm Taint. So Becca, tell our listeners a little bit about what Worm Taint is. So that's a good one. I will give you the best of my knowledge, which is basically... Anything that has been touched by the worm that corrupts things from what they normally are. Now, I always imagine that being kind of like a black ooziness. That's just the imagery that I have in my mind. And I kind of tie that with smoking whatever for whatever reason. Kind of like um, like when you see pictures of people's lungs who have smoked throughout their whole lives and you kind of have that dark dark patches on it that that's really all i have gotten a good understanding of worm taint but i feel like there's a lot more to it yeah that's a really that's a really interesting visual that i definitely agree with that worm taint is des- describing it as tar is a really good way of of kind of visualizing it that would be that would be the term for it <laughs> I, when I've run games, personally, because I feel out of the two of us, I'm the l- lesser experienced werewolf the apocalypse storyteller. Um, it hasn't played an overly high place within my own game. So, I mean, basically what I've just described to you is kind of just the extent of it. Um, it doesn't really take a lot of prevalence, but I feel like that makes... You kind of lose an aspect of the game when you do that. So how about for you? Like, can you describe Worm Taint for me and how you view it? Worm Taint, as I have used it and I've understood it in the game, is the spiritual 
uh, corruptive influence of the worm itself. The worm being, you know, one of the three triad, as we've talked about uh, on other episodes before. The worm's original goal was to break down the universe, was to just kind of say, hey, I'm going to recycle all the stuff that the wild and the weaver throw out there, and then you get to reuse it again. Um, but when the weaver trapped the worm, the worm became corrupted, Mm-hmm. And in doing so, the the worm's influence is now, instead of directly breaking things down, it's just kind of like seeping into the cracks of the universe and slowly making it... The worm, in effect, in Werewolf, makes the world of darkness the world of darkness the way it is because it's that ultimate corrupting influence on the world. So that's how I've always presented it. It's always like in the background of the world constantly. Sometimes it gets worse. Sometimes it gets lesser but it's always kind of there in the background. Okay. So a primordial force is probably how I would describe it based off of what you just said. Yeah, I think primordial force is a really good term for it because it's this, it's like Cthulhu almost, or one of the (laughs) Elder Gods. Mm -hmm. Like It's always there with its tentacles, um, just waiting for someone to wake it up and have it destroy the world. Oh gosh. Now, one of the books that I actually have read before all of this is um the one with all the apocalypse scenarios at the end and so when you're talking about just waking it up i like that just automatically brings to mind all the different scenarios that come with that um because there's some really interesting things that people can do that's going to be a fun book to review when we get to it because i actually like it it's the only end time book of all of the books of the world of darkness lines that i actually was like i like this book Kind of pulling back to how I've how I've done worm taint, uh, especially when I get players that are really focused on the rules. This is what the rules say. You know, I, I have a little disjointedness between the rules and the actual storytelling and the fluff within. How would you give worm taint the weight it holds in lore without the answer feeling like Dungeons and Dragons, quote unquote? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question because there is a right, the right of cleansing that Garu can use and just get rid of worm taint. But the way it's written in the game is that like once something is tainted, it's sort of like always there. It's always present. It's it's almost impossible to fully get rid of it. There's even an umbral realm, Erebus, where they have to bring like really tainted werewolves to to actually cleanse them. It's like mm-hmm. a, molten silver lava oh that's right isn't there um this might be the 20th anniversary edition but isn't there a black spiral dancer that's just constantly in that pool being cleansed yep and it's yeah. just still, still going been cleansed yeah oh gosh <laughs> like that's such a cool thought but i'm like i don't know how i would like how do you deal with that how do you make that relevant in a day-to-day game i yeah. don't know yeah, it's, this is the thing, there's, there's like, Wormteen is like these two extremes, it's like us, it's like, you've been in the mud, which is how it's described in most of the game mechanics, and or you're so corrupted, you have to go to an umbral realm to have someone, like, cleanse you spiritually, it's, it's weird, because from a mechanical perspective, it's so all over the place, mm-hmm. um, so it's hard to say, like, okay, this is the way to avoid it unless you 
unless you house rule the right of cleansing and say, for example, in the LARP, the new LARP system by By Night Studios, they actually have layers of worm taint. You have a, oh. a rating from one to five, which I think is Ooh. wonderful because it deals with that mechanical element and says, oh, you're this level of worm taint. We have to do this thing to cleanse all of that taint from you. Okay. That's really cool. I like, I really, really like that. Just, yeah. I mean, having having something a little bit more broken out where it's, oh, now I want to go read that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can save you the time finding it just to say that it's literally like a short table that says worm taint rating one to five, right of cleansing takes care of level one, and then you have to do other things to take care of all the other layers of worm taint. Okay. So there's actually, they're, they're stating, hey, here's the system for how to deal with this. So it gives it, I think, more of that weight that worm taint deserves and how do you deal with it. Yeah. Um, I'm listening and kind of pulling in something that you've brought up as a story hook before. I want to say it was with uh, the Black Furies. You had mentioned um, maybe one of your kinfolk started taking a certain kind of, or started having some worm taint on them, and you're trying to figure out how to go about and resolve that because, you know, you want to keep your kinfolk clean and pure, right? So the answer wouldn't necessarily be, hey, you just do right of cleansing and boom, they're fixed. But with that system, it totally can be, or it could be more involved. Yeah, and I think you can bring that into tabletop. There's um there's a fairly similar system in Mage where you get paradox. Um, if you if you do certain things in Mage, you end up collecting paradox. And okay. I I think you could take the same idea and say, hey, there's a there's a one to ten rating of Worm Taint where a Black Spiral Dancer is at a ten, mm -hmm. and everything else in the universe is like steps of that. And then when you do a rite of cleansing you roll whatever it is you want to roll. Now I'm actually worried about the mechanics. What is wrong with me? Um, but maybe <laughs> enigmas and uh, manipulation or something. I don't know. Something random. Okay. Okay. Um, and based on how many successes is how many like points of worm tank go away. But you're not going to get rid of all of it by doing that. Um, okay. There are things you can do like that, I think, to bring a similar sort of system into tabletop okay so so we've kind of discussed the system quite a bit as much as we can because there's not in the tabletop role-playing games rules there's not a lot of it there uh, so how would you society wise within the guru nation deal with somebody who has worm tape because there's a there's a wide range some people are like a little worm tape's just fine, and they go throughout their day with that. And then I can see the very ext other extreme, which is nothing is, you know, no worm taint, period. So, I mean, how would you bring that into your own game? That's a good question. Um, I think it would be tribe to tribe, and then tribe to tribe, and then sept to sept, kind of how okay. it works out. Because uh, Karen in, let's use the Central Park Karen in New York City. Okay. Um, the Sept of the Green, I would say probably a third of the characters in there have some level of worm taint. They're in the city. They eat at Altully's. They use Magadon Pharmaceutical um, products. They 
live in, uh, and especially in the world of darkness, one of the most worm-tainted cities in the world, the likelihood of them having no worm taint is so low it would be funny, but it would be trace. It would be just enough that a Thayerge would say, ooh, maybe we need to like do a moot where we cleanse everybody in the cairn from kind of this residual worm taint. But in like a red talon cairn in um, Edmonton, Alberta, which is a city, but whatever, um, or, <laughs> so, or the Yukon, I don't know, somewhere like up north in Canada. Yeah. Um, their reaction to worm taint is going to be completely different. A small amount like that, and they're probably going to try to kill the werewolf. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, breaking it down by tribe and potentially sept makes a lot of sense now kind of more personalizing a little bit what if you have a character or player who is very intentional like hey i want to tell a story about walking this line what kind of steps do you think somebody would make and would you as a storyteller feel like hey you're becoming worm tainted so either you need to be making these choices or i could be making suggestions to you during gameplay that take start to take you down the darker road Mm. oh that's cool it it depends on which like how they're walking that path Um, i almost want to say walking the spiral every time we talk about that (laughs) (laughs) that just brings you like straight to 10 so (laughs) let's let's walk a little you know baby steps right right here's one that comes to mind picture a bonar that okay. is, they have to interact. They don't have to, but they choose to interact with Nosferatu vampires and Ratkin. And okay. there's a pact, supposedly, in the underground of some cities between these three groups. And just being near vampires can potentially taint uh, a werewolf. But this Bonar knows that to get information on destroying Pentex they have to work with these vampires. So they have to trade with them. They have to trade like favors back and forth with them. And as they go through the story, they get slight amounts of worm taint just by just by being friendly in, in like interacting and kind of like getting swept up in vampiric politics. That is probably like that's my where my brain immediately goes to like little bits and pieces of that those connections you could pull in and slowly taint someone and then see how they react to that and how others react around them to that okay so that's something that i've never really considered before like it's i'm sort of aware of it and it totally makes sense when you bring it up like that but worm taint has always been in my mind something that you consume Mm. whether it's um food or entertainment or i mean those are really i think the big ones the the gas is like inhaling um endrom and that sort of thing so when you're talking about the more subtle side of the worm with that particular scenario where it is that social manipulation aspect where just by being around these beings that corruption rubs off on you and it's not even something you would necessarily pick up on right away like i love the subtlety of that a lot more and i think for me that fills in a lot of those gaps where it's just hey this thing has worm taint and you're interacting with it and you're just 
getting it because of mm -hmm. the way that they're thinking and how they interact with you and change your mind about things. So I really, I really like that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I, I like, I like that element of worm taint that you're mentioning too, though, but it plays a different place like it fits a different role in the werewolf theme i guess mm -hmm. because l let's be frank with it it's the captain planet theme it really is <laughs> right where the uh the uh, the pollutineers i don't think that's what they're called but the um there's bad guys that specifically go out of their way to pollute the world and mm -hmm. when Captain Planet and the Planeteers are around them, they can get sick from the pollution. Like, I actually think that's a legitimate thing to have Garu deal with, but it, it needs to be really bad if that's what's going to happen. Like, it has to be like a radiation sickness level. Right. Especially with werewolf regeneration. It's not enough to just, oh, I, you know, I'm fight, fighting in smog. That's, I mean, you can get worm tape from that, certainly, but not enough to, I don't think, make someone sick um, pretty quickly. Right. Um, gosh, not a Garu with regeneration, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that said, what I think would be really interesting is a pack of, of Garu are fighting, like, a really obvious worm beast. And one of them takes a big bite out of the nexus crawler or whatever it is the smog oh, monster mm -hmm. and they get sick like that plot right there where they where their supernatural healing doesn't work they actually like like lose points of strength or maybe they start losing like health and they can't like do anything about it or even okay. like lose gnosis like you could go all kinds of layers there and have them have to like go out and really do something to clean yeah. that taint would be a really cool story. That's, and I, I like that too, because you take something where, I mean, Nexus Crawler, that's not something you throw up against cubs at all. Like, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a significant enough bane to warrant something like that. But you can also, especially with the 20th anniversary rules, it's very easy to make Banes, make your own. You could apply that to another one and make it its own significant thing that having to, oh gosh, just deal with having to cleanse yourself of that. So I find that Banes in and of themselves can be boring after a while. Yeah. They're, they're one of those bad guys that... Um, or it's that does get into like the D and D syndrome space. Yes, it does. Oh, so true. So <laughs> true. Speaking of the the D and D syndrome, <laughs> oh gosh, hope we're not coining that term. <laughs> um, the the gaining gnosis from from Bane's. Have you ever encountered a player trying to do that before? Like they're gonna eat the bane and get gnosis from it. Yeah. That's a terrible decision. <laughs> okay, so how would you handle if a, if a character wants to do that? <laughs> um, wow. Um, <laughs> one, I would ask the player if they understand what the game is about. <laughs> um, no. Um, wow, I've never had a player do that. But if they did, I would, I would let them, honestly. Because my... 
general philosophy as a storyteller is when a player has a terrible idea, you let them go full force into it. Totally, totally. But obviously there's the, the consequence side of that, which is more what I was trying to get at. <laughs> right, right. And here, it depends on the Bane, but I'd want it to be subtle. The thing that I would have happen to be like, yep, you get three points of notice, Gnosis, the Bane explodes, whatever. You know, whatever thing happens, happens. I'd kind of roll with it. Mm-hmm. And then I would want to, like, give them nightmares the next Ooh. night. And say, like, your nightmare... I'm going to go with the smog bane. Um, your nightmare is, is filled with black smoke that chokes your family. Like, depending on the person, maybe go, like, real far into it. Um, content warnings on <laughs> harm to families. But, like... Yeah. It, depending on the player and kind of what their who their like positive relationships with and checking with them ahead of time really make the nightmare bad for them. Yeah. And then the next day maybe they have worm taint and if no one's doing sense worm on them that nobody notices but that slowly gets worse and worse as the bane actually starts building up inside of their body as oh. they become effectively a femori because the bane's like of course you can eat me for my gnosis that's a vessel for me to infect you oh my goodness oh my goodness i love it i love it oh i love it it's so good it's so good (laughs) i can just see the player too being like yeah this is great blah 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 and then being like oh man that was that was I got to tell me not you. great. This is not good. <laughs> well, yeah, um, and I, I think the the thought process behind that is, oh, hey, we're fighting a lot of banes, and you know, it can be hard to get gnosis sometimes. So why not harvest a bane after I've defeated it for its the rest of its gnosis? And so, yeah. like from a technical standpoint, yeah, sure, that sounds great. But like the story and story side of that gotta pull that in and be like hey but here's the consequences to something like that oh yeah yeah the world of darkness is all about consequences happening way quicker to people than they do in real life mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh yeah so what if you if you wanted to use worm taint game mm-hmm. in a subtler way than you've done so in the past what sort of things come to mind now that you might want to do that's a good question and unfortunately my mind just (laughs) leaps to the the vampire politics but um i think going a step beyond that and just doing hey normal politics and highlighting hey yes this is our our world but it's also the world of darkness it's a little bit more darker and just seeing how everybody has the different levels of worm taint within that. So um, and it's always a little bit tricky because I try to think of game of Werewolf the Apocalypse in terms of where I currently live, which is Alaska. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, wow. Yeah, most of the state is either a state park mm-hmm. or it's native land. Um, <laughs> so it's like, ooh, that's, that can be really hard with World of Darkness. Uh, just So it's like, well, what do I have to change about it? Um, and you know, one of the biggest things would be politics in that scenario because mm-hmm. I, if the politics, if the real politics are what the world of darkness politics, I don't, I don't see that working. So there's got to be a lot more corruption and a lot more buildings. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and 
putting the characters out there to be like, hey, you have all this pristine land and it's it's being threatened. How are you going to go about protecting that? Are you really just going to go in and, and fight them? Or are you going to try to be at the main hubs and work with the politics within and use that as a, hey, you're having to daily fight not only what they're talking about and all the measures that they're trying to pass, but you're try- you have to fight how they're affecting you too. So really taking the politics and making it a more personal level. I really like that. And I think the, the angle I might take in there, and you have to be careful to do this well. And with respect to, to native politics, what I might do is, is say something like there is a, there is a, a group of tribal leaders that have entered into a negotiation for a pipeline, maybe okay. on on their land, which they have absolutely every right to do as long as it's done well in our world. That can be safe, and I can understand people making that decision to do so. But in the world of darkness, maybe Pentex is involved in the deal, mm-hmm. and the native group is doing nothing corruptive at all because that's probably the angle that I would take it. But because of who they're working with, there are layers of corruptive influence that are going to be implemented in this process. So do the Garu that know about this, do they, who do they attack successfully without hurting their, maybe their own people, maybe they have kinfolk in this mm-hmm. na- nation, or maybe they're not their kinfolk, but these are people that are doing nothing wrong but yet they're making this deal. So how, who do you kill? When do you rage is the central question of where, oh, yeah. how do you make that call there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and, it, and it's tricky to pull a more recent, like actual thing that has been happening. We have um, an event called the, the pebble mine area where people don't want, I believe that's, uh, Excuse me, other Alaskans, if you're listening, if I'm getting this incorrect. But the the thought process behind it was there's this copper that this company wants to get out of the ground. And the way that they do it can be invasive and problematic to the areas around it. And in that particular area is a native village that they make their living off of salmon fishing so if you have something where they're trying to get this in the copper out but it spreads the chemicals that they put into the ground spread out and it could kill the salmon so like there's there's an issue there where you're having the more direct and that's something that we're actually dealing with in our day-to-day life well day-to-day lives isn't quite the right term but it is a, a local issue yeah that would be a really good one to bring into a game because you could see you can see how it can be done well in our in our real world, and um, and no one gets hurt. Like hopefully, like or mm-hmm. it doesn't. Like there are sadly a lot of situations where those things just go badly, and something does happen. And I hope it doesn't happen here. Do but in the world of darkness, it's likely to happen. Oh um, yeah, and, and that it, use that use that as at least a discussion point within the game. Totally, and you know all these all these promises are making being stated up front. So I mean, just running with it. Okay, Pentex is making all these promises. Everything's going to be all good and hunky dory when we're all done. And then, you know, if it does happen to pass, 
it's Pentex. So what what happens? What's the consequences here? And then just having to deal with the with the cleanup. And you know, if the player characters if that was something that you wanted them to do deal with, and they chose not to maybe get in front of the politics end of it and stop it from there. Now they had to kind of clean up their mess. So it's like, was would it have been easier if they dealt with it at the beginning versus the end? Probably. That's a really good story. It would be fun to run that in two stages. Run it as like a three to five game. Hey, this is happening 10 years ago. All mm-hmm. this politics is going on. Do you get involved? Do you go and chase like worm beasts in the Umbra? Whatever. You know, kind of give the players that those choices. But then set another six game series after it and be like, this happened. Do you remember? Now you've got to deal with the consequences of the thing you didn't want to deal with. Or you did deal with, but you didn't deal with well earlier on. Right. And, um, you know, like, and I love those more wide-spanning games, with especially with politics, because you can do a lot of fun stuff with that and giving the players difficult choices. Usually those who are in my group, they love making hard choices and going with it from there. But they... It's just, I like that idea too. Yeah. Um, The fun thing with my group is when they're playing werewolf, they don't, actually when they're playing any game, they don't, they get (laughs) given hard choices and then they look for the easy solution. And then Mm -hmm. I give them the obvious outcomes of those easy solutions and they don't really seem to learn from it. I don't know why. Hmm. That's an interesting self-reflective story. (laughs) Well, that might just be uh, a communication thing. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they like running into trouble is really what it comes Uh, down to. That's fair. Yeah. Which I can't blame them. Right. (laughs) And that's where the good story is in the trouble, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good getting into into trouble. (laughs) Definitely. So one of the things that I think that's related to this that I'd like to talk about for a couple of minutes is other taint. Specifically, wild taint and weaver taint. Yes, I like this idea. Continue. So one of the kind of underused ideas in Werewolf, and it happens like it's sprinkled in books here and there that every member of the triad kind of can overwhelm um, mm-hmm. a werewolf or any any being in the world of darkness. And uh, the idea of a werewolf that's like wild tainted to me is really interesting because it, then it, it puts the werewolves in this dilemma. Supposedly we support the wild, we want it to succeed, but yet mm-hmm. the wild is this flux energy that always is changing everything. And a werewolf that's tainted by the wild, what would they be like? And how would they deal with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, my my main game that I typically run in town is a third edition Exalted game. And they have something called The Wild. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're, when you're talking about the idea of a Gru being overwhelmed by the wild, that's what I start to think of. Like, oh, wild mutations, and you could do all these different things with that. And 
it can completely change their mind and how they think. And so, it, for instance, I can see either like a red talon being a really good person for to be overwhelmed by that or a black fury. Mm. Uh, those are the two that really come to my mind. Um, but going and finding those natural places where they get overwhelmed and they come back and seeing their interactions with their sept, their pack, with, you know, can they even go into cities now because they might incite delirium or um, rend the veil. So it's like, mm, okay, this is a little bit interesting because theoretically this is a good thing because the wild out of the three seems to be the weakest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just introduces a, uh, several different questions with that one. Yeah, I think it could be fun. Like, uh, I think it flips all of the werewolf mentality on its head and says, hey, this isn't what you think it is. And then you get to see your players kind of try and figure that out. Mm-hmm. Because it's, um, I mean, going back to just talking about the three primordial forces, the wild, wild weaver and worm, the idea was that they're supposed to balance each other no one is supposed to be more powerful than the other. So, yeah. Right. And what happens when that's, it's out of balance and that's why we have the world of darkness, but what happens when that, when little bits of those infect other Mm -hmm. elements of the world as well. Yeah. And I think that like kind of leads me to the last thing I kind of want to say about Weaver Taint is that the Weaver is actually the bad guy. I will, spoiler alert, that is my view. Always <laughs> the Weaver is actually the bad thing in the world of darkness. It is, it is the uh, creation was the worst thing to ever happen to the world of Exalted, and that's the Weaver's <laughs> fault. Um, and that's, you know, really out there to say, but that's, I'm sticking to it. Um, so... But, I think Weaver Taint should be a bigger deal than it is. But when you're... So you're like, ooh, surprise, spoiler alerts. But when we're talking about the story itself, it's... I can't remember. I want to say it's just in the main book where, the, where you have somebody breaking it out. It's the Weaver who got frustrated and encapsulated the, the worm. So to me, it's like you kind of should have always known that it's the Weaver who's really the bad guy here. Because, yeah. But but the werewolves don't see that. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. Some, of, like, some of them do. The Red Talons do. But who wants to follow what the Red Talons say? Their, like, their mentality is destroy all of humanity. That's, do we, they don't want that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think that kind of gets into the different uh, tribal politics that is definitely worth another its own kind of discussion Mm -hmm. Um, but quickly talking about it here it's like when you have the when you have such an extreme view versus like at what point do you compromise is compromise any good maybe that's kind of the reason why we're at where we're at is because we did compromise at different junctions in history and so there's a lot of different dilemmas that you can explore with just just that idea yeah the main compromise that happened was the Lunar Exalted. <laughs> I personally was one of those few people that really loved the connection of first edition Exalted being connected yes. to the World of Darkness. 
but um that's another story that's a whole podcast of its own oh yeah okay so we're i'll be making notes we can talk (laughs) about like do some fan theory spin in here oh yes (laughs) um and I will mine every bit of that conversation for maybe a Storyteller's Vault book because that sort of stuff is fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've talked about Worm Taint. Um, do we have anything, last thoughts about Worm Taint before we let people get back to their lives? I don't think so. I think we've done a good job of kind of talking about the different aspects of Worm Taint. Um, Listeners, definitely, like, if you have any thoughts about Worm Tape, we'd love to hear it. Um, it's it's good to get more people talking about these kind of tricky subjects within the world of darkness uh, because it can be, you know, your view, points of view are going to be different than mine, and I'd love to see your perspective on it. Yeah, I agree. People can send us an email or comment on um, the doobly-doo on Facebook and say, hey, <laughs> Um, this is my idea, um, or on any of the groups, you can tag us and say, hey, this is cool stuff. I think you should do this with Worm Taint. And for people that want to read more about Worm Taint, um, I recommend W20 Book of the Worm, first edition Book of the Worm, second edition Book of the Worm, and there wasn't a revised Book of the Worm. Absolutely, that is one of the few books that I would say you deserve to own every version from every single edition because they offer something different um, that is not in the other books in each edition book. Very cool. Cool. So um, I am Josh, one of your co-hosts here at Werewolf the Podcast. You can find us at Podcast Werewolf on Twitter. You can go to our website, werewolfpodcast.com. And emails can be sent to me um, or us. Um, I have to get Becca set up with email at some point um, at josh at werewolfpodcast.com and you can also find me at uh, hlg underscore corporate where I tweet about high level games stuff. Becca, where can folks find you on social media? Well, you can find me on the Discord server at Twin Cities by Night and as well as on Twitter I'm at Epic Botch because I do love to roll ones. (laughs) <laughs> and it's the best Twitter handle slash Discord handle name of all time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I hope folks take us up on our suggestion to send us feedback. And until next game or next episode, I don't know how to end this. So goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts? or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared 
every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.